Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cosmic Circle. This is the official podcast for the CosmicCircus.com, where the site's writers get together to chat about comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy films and TV shows. Today we're talking about Moon Knight. I want to warn you, there are very heavy spoilers ahead because we're going to be talking about the entire first season. I'm Isla Ruby, writer for the Cosmic Circus. And joining me today are my fellow writers, Drew, and head writer, da-da-da-da, Brian. How are you guys today? Hey, I'm Drew. I'm doing pretty good today. I uh, actually just saw Doctor Strange today, so my my mind's a little bit uh, focused on Doctor Strange, but I'll have to uh, switch gears to Moon Knight. Hey, it's Brian. Uh, I am so excited to be here and talk about Moon Knight, one of my favorite entries into the Disney Plus Marvel Universe, so I just can't wait to get started. Let's get right into it. So we've seen all six episodes of Moon Knight. What do you think about this series, Drew? Do you want to start off? Uh, I loved it. I honestly think it's probably uh, Marvel's best Disney Plus series so far. It's like really close. Like, I, WandaVision and Loki were really close for me. Like, it was like a 1A and 1B type of situation. And now I feel like Moon Knight kind of edged them out like a little bit. It's so hard to compare them just because like Moon Knight and Loki are just so like, completely different um but i do feel like i i really liked moon Knight. i just really liked what they did and i i i love the relationship between mark and steven and how it's it's you know you barely even notice that it's played by one person like you barely notice that both steven and mark are played by oscar isaac it's just so like that blew my mind the whole time and i, I really loved it and i'm looking forward to seeing more of it in the future that is if there's more of it uh, I also agree that, the, like I said earlier, that this is the best MCU Disney Plus show to date. And I was a huge WandaVision stan. I didn't think it could get better than that. I also really enjoyed Hawkeye. I mean, I love all of them. But Moon Knight just stands out in a way that the other ones don't. And I was in awe. You know, I know Isla and I both were able to get the screeners ahead of time and see the four episodes. And I found myself every episode like i gotta watch another one i gotta watch another one we're done with the four and i was like oh i need that fifth one where's that fifth one you know moon knight just i don't know it was just the next level and i don't know if that's because it's one of the first ones that really wasn't impacted by the pandemic or or by the shuffling of the schedule because because of it but it really just was top tier in a way that i don't think we've seen before on disney plus I'm really glad that you mentioned actually two things in there and you mentioned it too, Drew. I want to talk about this later, but I want to talk about if you guys think that this is actually going to be the one and only Moon Knight series. But first I want to back up because, you know, you guys both said that this was so different than any of the other MCU TV shows. And it's funny because neither of you mentioned the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think that that kind of gets forgotten you know, in the Marvel shows. And that's so interesting and strange to me. But I I agree with you guys. I really loved Moon Knight. It was tremendous fun. It was entertaining. And, you know, like Brian said, I couldn't wait to see another episode. And I'm, I'm sad that, you know, now we're at six and it's over. And I really do hope that we see more. Let's Let's kind of dig into the finale. What do you guys specifically think about that? Um, <clears throat> I feel like first you just have to say that Layla was awesome. Like I loved her costume that she got. Like I just loved her powers that she got. I think she looked great. I, I just like I think the um the way she utilizes the powers she has in the last in like 
episode six is awesome and it's like you know like you can compare it to falcon but like i almost like it more like i just think it looked better it just looked smoother um so i'm really hoping like in the future that i really hope oscar isaac will do more moon knight because i think there's so much potential like you know especially after introducing such a great like female like you know female superhero now um i just hope that there's more in the future and i like in 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 terms of episode six it felt like the same kind of marvel finale that we've gotten through all of the disney plus series i think marvel kind of has this formula in mind now for their finales i think this was the most well like the uh, they executed the formula for this finale the best i would say but it definitely sticks to formula and i think there's been a lot of talk lately of you know marvel formula should they be branching out of the formula for this kind of series i'm not sure i, I really liked the last episode and i liked the action we got um i just hope that this isn't it i i really do think there's so much more potential with now introducing jake and kind of having you know Conshu and jake and Mark and Steven. And I think there's a huge kind of, there could be a huge back and forth in season two. I just think that there's so much more that they can do. And I, I really hope that, I really hope this isn't it. The thing you mentioned about the, the formula is, I always find it very interesting because I hear a lot of people talk about like this Marvel formula and how it's, every show is the same. But what it's doing, it's telling the hero story or the hero's journey that has been in literature for forever. And so, you know, this, while it is the basic formula, I think that this one does it so much differently. The episode six was this accumulation of a story of someone who's a superhero and someone who also has uh, mental illness and someone who's come to terms with who they are as a person and who they are in the world and what role do they play. And you got to see finally this someone who is functioning in a way that we haven't got to see them functioning before and so like i think that was what made it so unique and kind of topped in all this yeah so we got the you know the same villain and the same type of big bad steps up on episode six but the nuances of it are very different and you have think you have individuals like layla which i know we're gonna talk about a little later but she went from this basic love interest very early on of like mark trying to save her and not wanting her to be this avatar for Kanshu into a hero in her own regard that you really got to see and i don't know if either one of you how, what you thought about it but the moment when that one young girl was just like are you an egyptian superhero and layla just looks at her and goes yeah and like i was i was like so happy i was actually like cheering because Layla had progressed even just as much as Mark and Steven in a way that she didn't have to be overshadowed by them. And I hope that we see more of her in her own show or, or later in a series, but um, something I also loved about the finale too, and about their costumes, because you mentioned about Layla's costume is that both superheroes costumes felt so much different than the, the entire MCU. These felt very, had the Egyptian, feeling to them and they felt like they were from a richer history and you know as cool as it was to see captain america's costume um at the end with anthony mackie of falcon and the winter soldier it just felt like another mcu costume where this one just felt like it had so much 
such such a bigger story behind it. I don't know. They were just really cool. They did a really great job. Yeah. Um, I just really love the progression of Layla's character. I feel like I was a little bit worried at first. I just because I like hadn't I mean Layla's like a new take on um a different character from the comic books. I can't remember the name, but um I was a little bit worried. Scarlet Scarab, I believe, is her name. Or his name yeah. in the comic. What what was his love interest? Uh, like early, like in the comics, I know that they, it, it was some other name. It wasn't Layla, right? It like was, was Echo another... at one point. It was, I think Marlene was the original yeah, Marlene, love interest. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't like too familiar. So I really had no idea what the progression of Layla was going to be. I had no idea of her story. I had like, had known about Moonlight. So I was a little bit worried about Layla. I just, I wasn't sure the direction they were going with her. And I think that she had a really rich story. And I think, um, you know, like what Brian said, their co- the costume design was brilliant. Like, I, I really loved the Moon Knight costume. Mr. Knight costume was great. Um, you know, Layla's Scarlet Scarab costume was awesome. Um, I like that it was, like, it stays, it, it felt it felt almost more, like, true to Egyptian history than in the comic books. You know, like, um, that's what I really loved. Like, they almost said, like, he's, like, mummified through that, like, superhero suit. And, like, Layla's costume, just it just looks really good. Um but yeah, like I'm really, I was really impressed with how they, the show focused so much on Mark and Mark and Steven. I'm really impressed how they were able to squeeze in time to give Layla such a rich character arc. Um, and I thought it was really impressive. I think this show, what, so you guys both mentioned kind of the MCU formula. And I think what this show was almost was kind of a, um, a test of the MCU's storytelling ability, because can you care about a character that doesn't have all of this history backing, you know, backing it up? Because the other shows, there was Wanda and the Avengers history, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Avengers history. There was Loki and all the Thor history. And then we get this totally new set of characters. We get Moon Knight. And there really aren't any other MCU references. We get Layla. And you know, by the end of it, we're all talking about how much we loved Layla and how much we loved Moon Knight. And, you know, I think Brian made the point that we've been using this storytelling formula as humans for hundreds or thousands of years. And, you know, again, it works. It works here and it's so effectively executed that we care about these characters. And I think that's really a testament to how well Marvel does that. You know, Oh, can I, can I, I just want to jump in real quick. I Go think that as well there, I do think though, the, one of the things that, that we need to talk about the finale though, too, is that there was, there was an issue and the issue was that there wasn't enough time. I feel like again, with the, going back to this formula, there is definitely this issue where we almost run out of time to, to finish the story. And I don't know if, if Marvel's enforcing the, like the six episode count or if that's the firm boundary, but it feels like, we could have had one more episode and really had like, I don't know, like a longer fight and a more satisfying conclusion. I feel like there would have been a little more time with the gods and the, the repercussions of giving up the suit and stuff like that. I feel like there was just some really rushed aspects of this finale that yeah. we needed to, we needed more time. To deal that's, with. Like, that's exactly what I meant in terms of the uh, episode six formula. <clears throat> I probably should have conveyed that a little bit better. It was what I meant by that was the pacing. I think they like Marvel has written act one and act two of tv shows they've kind of stretched it out almost too long and then when they get to act three it's really weird they just do the last episode and they and the pacing of it is so fast that it feels like you kind of like skim through the like the third act that's kind of what it felt like for this it felt fine like i felt satisfied but i think you can argue that act three of kind of every 
uh, like MCU show has kind of felt a little bit rushed. Maybe besides Loki, I think Loki episode five and six was good. And like, I, I feel like that was like kind of the one show where you had like a satisfying act, like a, you know, there was enough time to get through all of act three without feeling like you rushed through all of it. And I feel like Moon Knight was like almost there. It's just, and when I, I mean, when everybody saw the 42 minute runtime, I think everybody got a little bit nervous and like, obviously it made me a little bit nervous because I'm like, oh, we're going to do this again where we kind of, we get through everything way too quickly. I just wish that, I, I hope going forward that they can give act three a little bit more time to breathe. Cause I think there was a lot of, a lot more stuff they could have done with Amit. I, th- I just think that there is, they need to learn to just let things breathe a little bit in the third act. But other than that, I, I really loved it. I actually want to take that a step further. You guys both have mentioned how how short this series has has been and seemed. Do you think it's kind of almost a failure of TV in general now that we have such short season ones and season twos of just television? Like we don't really get 20 episodes to hang out with characters and answer all of our questions anymore. Because I, I know while watching this show, I was keeping kind of a running list of notes of questions that I you know, I wanted answers to. And, you know, this this list is huge. I have so many questions about Harrow and, you know, Harrow's origin with Kanshu and how that all came about. And I just think we could have had so much more time with these characters. And I think it would have worked because we, we wanted to hang out with them because they were fun. Yeah, this, this series very easily could have been a 10 episode series. I mean, there was a lot left kind of up for, you know, I, I think that you could have done a lot more with how Hera was was Conchu's avatar and how he went from Conchu to Amit. And I just feel like there was a lot more. We I feel like we could have seen more of the backstory. I know that they did they kind of felt like Mark had kind of had like a they they didn't want to go through Mark's backstory with like how he becomes Moon Knight. They kind of skimmed through that, but I feel like we could have taken a look into Mark's past a little bit more other than episode five. I just feel like they could have done 10 episodes. Um, and it would have been completely fine. I mean, WandaVision was nine episodes. I think there was a time where WandaVision felt a little bit long. I would have been fine if they did like 10 episodes and the episode times were reduced a little bit. But overall, like I'm happy with the series. I think it was great. I'm, don't, I'm not like, you know, I'm not mad about anything. You know, I just nitpick a lot, but that's my thought. So the thing I th- that I think for a lot of televisions is that it really depends on what the story dictates. Because there's some shows that are 22 episodes that I think, wow, you don't need to be 22 episodes. The one that's coming to mind the most is like Arrow, Flash. There's When you start to have more, quite a few filler episodes that don't add anything to the story, you need to trim a little bit. But I think there's sometimes that shorter seasons could be a de- detriment when you're developing it and you're starting to cut pieces because you don't have time. And I know that when D- Disney Plus was coming around and Marvel was announcing the shows, there was this like this like point where everyone was talking about like, oh, they want six hours per story. And so like that's why WandaVision was spread out because there were shorter episodes. And I think once you start dictating the amount of time to spend with these characters, you are really kind of putting the story in a chokehold because you start to get almost lazy writing where like, well, we have to get to the end. We have to, we have to have we have to just do certain things. And one of those things that stands out is the fight at the end of Moon Knight, where part of the fight, they black out and he, and Mark just wakes up. Mark and Steven just wake up and we know that there's been something else, but all of it's just been done for us. And that did, it, that did feel a little lazy because we couldn't see that, but there wasn't time to see it because they had their numbers that they had to reach. 
And, you know, so I think it just depends on the story. You, you could have a season of 13 episodes. You could have a season of seven episodes or six. But I, you should make sure that everything when you're watching it, watch it as like you're almost a stranger coming into the story. And can you understand it from start to finish without all the pieces or without the knowledge that there's more pieces coming? Like if you're going to tell a story, I want to know there's going to be a season two then so that we can get more of those questions answered. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of putting time constraints on things. I think give the, you know, I'm not sure, you know, if they brought in, you know, the team that they brought in, they were like, okay, we're doing this in six episodes. You have six episodes to write and fit your story. I just feel like going forward, I hope that they'd learn to give this, like, you know, don't put time constraints on things, you know, like kind of like you were saying, because yeah, in the last episode, I just, I think, there was probably another 20 minutes of like time they could have used on like this, just kind of letting the last episode breathe a little bit. I mean, trapping Amit and in, in Harrow pretty much directly after that, you cut straight to Mark and Steven waking up and then the series, and that's it. Like, it just doesn't feel like there was like any kind of outro to the series. Like we don't know where Layla went. We don't know what the status of Layla and Mark is like, well, do you think that's intentional? Do you think they're trying? Because I think with the post credit scene. I think, yeah, I think it's more just like, we're just supposed to assume that everything is like good. You know, like we're just supposed to like, that's kind of like the vibe I got was like, didn't want to waste time on like, you know, like a Mark and, Mark and Layla like dialogue scene or like, I, I don't know. Mark and Steven never really acknowledge how they got back to their apartment or why they have the, why do they have the the ankle bracelet on again to trap them in the bed? That was kind of weird. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really understand that why they still did that and put the sand around there. Maybe, maybe they were assuming they had a third personality. I, I just don't know. That was weird to me. I was disappointed actually with with kind of Mark and Layla's progression in you know by the final episode. In in one respect, I felt like they needed another you know emotional moment where they kind of came to terms with Mark having, you know, been a part of her father's death. I don't think that was, that was really not fought out, but that was really uh, settled between the two. And I was kind of uh, a little bit sad about that. Yeah. We never really got like a proper conclusion to that, which was weird. It's like they had that one really brief conversation about Mark being involved with Layla's dad and Mark gets killed. And then Mark comes back. And him and Layla kind of like are like, okay, we have a mission right now. We can't focus on that. But then once the mission's over, we never get to that. And it's not like we know a season two is coming. It's not like we know that story is going to be continued. So it just was weird. I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I like the series. Like I, like I said, like I have no problems. I'm just nitpicky. And these are my little, you know, my little nitpicks. But yeah, I, I think there's always going to be something there's always going to be that, that's the thing I've learned. There's always going to be something that you're going to be like, Oh, they could have done this. Those could, they could have done that. But I do think in the last episode, they, there was certainly a noticeable amount of things that they could have done that they decided not to do. Brian, it looked like oh. you had something to say. Yeah. I was going to say that. I, I think that part of it was intentional because I think the, the moment I finished the episode, I, I texted my sister and I was like, hey, did you watch it? And she was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, okay, cool. So 
they left Layla open for her own show specifically there, right? And she was like, oh, 100%. Because there was this obvious gap of he wakes up in his bed. We don't know what happened to Layla. We don't know if, if the Avatar relationship was temporary or not. There's more there that is going to be explored somewhere, whether in Moon Knight Season 2, which I would be super shocked if there isn't something in the development already or in her own series, which I really hope it is because that there was a, there was, that was just such a big glaring light in the face of this is almost like too big to drop. This isn't like a fun post-credit scene, like Ant-Man and the Wasp where the, you know, the ant was tapping on a drum. This was like when Ant-Man is stuck in the quantum realm, this is something, there was a lot of big pieces here that wasn't resolved, especially in the post-credit scene that is definitely leading to something else. And I think fans would be very disappointed if we didn't get more resolution because if it wasn't for i guess if you would have stopped it before the post credit scene it would have almost been a complete story but now it's not and there's there's so many threads that we need to be addressed that need to have been addressed at this point now let's Um, talk about that post credit scene though let's talk about you know jake lockley his introduction what you guys thought about that because that's you know kind of a nice segue into that so I feel like you kind of had to assume it was coming. It wasn't, I was not shocked. I was more so prepared for the post-credit scene to be Jake. I liked it. I, I think it really sets up season two really nicely. I think it sets up the conflict of season two really nicely because you think, you think, okay, Conchu has released Mark and, and Steven. And you're like, why did he do, why did he go so quick? Why did he go so easily? And then you realize that, Conchu is really just playing Mark and Steven and he's really working with Jake the whole time. And so I really feel like you have a nice conflict to resolve in season two because you, you resolve, it's kind of like they're going to repeat season one in, in, in season two in a different way, because you had Mark and Steven in that mystery of Steven, not knowing that Mark existed and kind of them coming to terms with each other and like kind of, you know, becoming like brothers, internal brothers you're going to kind of repeat that. I feel like they're going to repeat that over again in season two. And I kind of hope that that doesn't, I, I just hope that there's a different relationship. I hope that Mark and Steven develop a relationship with Jake in a different way that Mark and Steven, and obviously it'll be different, but I just hope that it doesn't feel the same, even though it might need to be the same. And uh, and that's why, that's what I'll leave to Brian because Brian knows a lot more about DID and how their you know relationships are going to develop. But I'm just really curious to see, how they go in a different direction with that in the second season. I I would assume there's going to be a second season or something in the future. So I was very torn about the, the Jake Lockley reveal because Jake Lockley is such an important part of Moon Knight. I was hoping that this was going to be sooner, like maybe like at the end of like a season uh, episode three um, post-credit scene or, 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 or something like that. But holding him out to the very end of the series really felt like, okay, you teed up the ball where, you know, there's something else coming. We know he's coming back, which also felt really weird as to why they didn't announce something else in the pipeline. Kind of like at the end of Loki where you, where it said like season two is coming. It felt weird that you teed up this character to not get to see any of that progression. I do think that it's going to be a different relationship though. My idea for what the season two sh- is probably going to be stems on actually a sentence that Mark and Steven say prior to waking up at the end. When we see them in the um, the mental hospital, 
we see, you know, they're talking to Haro and they said that they want to be a superhero. And so I think that what's going to happen is that with the absence of the power now, you're going to see them try to find Kanchu again and like ask for their powers back only to find out that he's closer to home than either one of them think. I mean, he's right in their backyard and that's going to piss them off in a new way. And that's going to really start this, this relationship between Mark and Steven and Jake. I do think that Jake is going to be taking on more of like a uh, persecutor role um, in the system, which um, is going to automatically put them on opposing sides. And that's going to take a lot of, issues to resolve but i think it's going to really be a different uh dynamic that we haven't seen before yet yeah i think it's gonna be a weird like it's gonna be a weird realization for mark and steven to know that they've had them like they have a murderer living inside with them like i think both of them don't want to be murderers and they both want to do things the right way and i think it's going to be really like you know kind of ground groundbreaking for them to like be introduced to Jake and see that you know Jake and Conchie have been working behind behind their backs and that Jake is a murderer and I think it's going to be you know like Stephen really hated Mark for because he thought Mark was like a murderer now that he learns like you know Jake is like a real like murderer and I think there's going to be like a I really think it's going to be like you know Mark and Stephen versus Jake and Conchie. I think this is also a kind of a great moment to to talk about DID in a little bit more detail. Um, you know, if you've been reading the site, then you know that Brian is is our site's cosmic psychologist, and he did a really great article all about Moon Knight and how it portrayed DID. And I wanted to kind of get Brian's take and, and you too as well, Drew, on, you know, what you thought of the back half of the season and how they, you know, handled that. You know, going into the show, I was really worried about how they were going to talk about mental health. I guess this is a conversation that we should be having and we should be having it in a format that is approachable to many different individuals, like, like a TV show. But when you factor in the superhero component, there's so many ways this could have gone bad. Um, The main example that always comes to my mind is the movie split where James McAvoy does a great performance, but it is not an accurate representation of what dissociative identity disorder is. And the, the worst part about it is that of his personalities, there's one that has superpowers because he has DIT. One of the alters does have super strength. They can climb on walls and jump from high buildings and, can repair themselves when they're shot. And that's not true to what DID is. And so what I love so much about Moon Knight is that they took the time to not only explain how this is developed, but also to show that even though Mark and Steven have superpowers, their superpower is not DID. Episode five is going to be one of the best examples that we have to date of what DID is and how it's formed the trauma of that people go through the complex trauma, because this isn't just always a one traumatic moment, but this is usually years and years of compounded trauma um, that causes the, the, the split and the alter to form. And, you know, even the tough parts and some of the times that we could have really had rough moments or, or cringy moments of them talking about it, 
such as like the conversation of what Steven's role is was handled pretty well. And I think it shows even in episode six, when, when Mark goes back for Steven and he explains to him that this is not like your role wasn't just to protect me or, or for you, or for you to, for me to handle the hard stuff because you couldn't, you know, that, that there, there's more to this, this dynamic that we have. I'm just in awe of how well they did it. And I know that they brought in psychologists behind the scenes to really help flesh this out. And I'm glad they did that because this could have been a mess, but they really did understand or try to understand and paint a really healthy picture of individuals with dissociative identity disorder. Now there's a, so there's a line in episode six and it says, I think, when, so this is when Mark has gone back for Stephen in the sand and, you know, Stephen is essentially a sand sculpture. He's, he's dead and Mark is going to rescue him. And Mark says to him as he's grabbing his hand, the only real superpower I've ever had is you. Do you think that undoes any of the good work that, or undoes any of the good work that the series, you know, did with portraying DID or is that, you know, is that kind of just a line? Is that just, does that fit? So I do think it fits with this because I don't think that he meant it as like the superpower of, you know, you, you've made me strong, but, or like you've given me something that I couldn't do before, but this is something the, I think it was just supposed to be a very sentimental moment. It's kind of like your superpower is your compassion or your superpower is the, is, is the thing that, balance you as you an individual i don't think that they they meant it in any harmful way nor do i did it come off that way the many times that i watched it this just steven is the heart of the system you know mark has doesn't always have the moral compass it seems like and steven balanced him out steven reminded him of what it meant to be like you know a human and reminded him what it meant to be caring about other people. So I think that's what it meant. And I, I don't think it took away from any of the progress that they did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I pretty much agree with Brian. I think overall, I just feel really content with the relationship between Mark and Steven. I don't really feel like that's the thing I think I'm most content about is the relationship between Mark and Steven. I don't feel like they missed anything. I don't feel like there's anywhere that they could have gone with that. I think they really nailed that. And it just, that was like, it felt like the heart of the show was just the, the relationship between Mark and Steven. Where do you think we'll, we will next see Moon Knight? Are we going to see him, you know, in a second season? Are we going to see him pop up in an ensemble show, maybe a Halloween special or a movie? Do you guys have thoughts on that? have a lot of thoughts on that so from fans that have kept up with oscar isaac's interview i don't think he was necessarily super happy with the way star wars ended for him um just based off of the interviews for rise of skywalker i think he was fairly disappointed and i think for him to get back into like the mainstream kind of i mean some people would call it popcorn movies of marvel dc and star wars for him to do that, he really wanted it to, it seems like he really wanted it to be a good story. And that seems like the only reason why him and, and Ethan Hawke did, did Moon Knight, because they dedicated it to being a good story. 
And Oscar Isaac has kind of said, you know, I would be back. I think there was a quote, I don't remember uh, from where, but, you know, I think he said he, he would, you know, he would love to do it if, as long as there's a good story, he'll be, he would do it. So I don't get the sense that you're going to see Moon Knight in a ton of crossovers or you're going to get him in a ton of, you know, like MCU style crossovers. Like I don't get the sense that he's going to be in Midnight Suns unless Marvel gives him a huge paycheck, which I mean, who knows? Um I get the sense that you're more likely to see him in a season two that's really well-written than seeing him show up anywhere else. I definitely think that we're going to see him in the Halloween special Werewolf by Night only because Jake is going to fit really well into that world. Someone who's a little more scary, you know, he's, he, we see him, we see the point in time in the series where he pops up and he's not the easygoing one. So I think that he's going to show up in like a Halloween, the Halloween special or even like a blade before he crosses over. But I think that Oscar Isaac was really playing coy. He was doing the Marvel answer of, Oh, we'll see what happens. There's no way that they were going to pick someone to play Moon Knight who wasn't going to be coming back for the next 10 years of their projects. I mean, let's be honest here. Marvel's not stupid. Marvel wants their people locked in for long projects. And even though if they only paid him for one right now or that he only signed up for one, there is a bigger picture here that he's a part of and that he knows full well what's about to happen. But I definitely think that we're going to see him soon. With and Isla, what 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 do you think? I mean, and also ask the last question too. You what did what did you think of the psychological representation of Moon Knight? So I well, first I learned a lot from your article, and I thought that was kind of a good place to start because I didn't know really anything about about DID before the show and before you know reading about it in connection with the show. So all of this is very new, and I think you know, based on what I've read from you and based on what I've read elsewhere, it seems like a fairly reasonable and I guess a reasonably accurate way of of representing, you know, the the situation. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm the thing that really so I'm a writer and I I think about character a lot. The thing I think about going forward, you know, also with the second season, if there's going to be one, I think about Mark and Steven now have this life where they're not superheroes anymore. And, and one of their alters is a superhero. And I just think about how, how rich a place that is for conflict and how fun the storytelling could be with that. So that's what really excites me there. I'm really curious to see how they pull it off and if they pull it off. And I, you know, on that same note, I don't think, I just can't see it happening in a movie. I think that, I think it has to be in a second season of the show. And I really, I want them to appear in Werewolf by Night and, and Blade, but I just, you know, the character development, all that you would need to do, I just, I can't see it happening in something so short or something in such a, what would be a small cameo. I think it would have to be a longer role. So that's kind of my feelings on that. I do think that you're right in the aspect of when we consider everything that they've done in this first season, the conversation that needs to still be had about DID and this character as a whole shouldn't be something that's done in a movie, even if it is just like a Moon Knight movie, because a film does have an even tighter time constraint. And the more time constraining that something is, I feel like the more chance we have of glossing over something or not being able to have the proper conversation that we need to have about, about these difficult topics. 
this, this character is made for a television show. I do think eventually, however, we are going to see him cross over into films and into other shows, be whatever project it is. I mean, like Daredevil would be a great one. But I do think that with the trajectory of the conversation, we do need something maybe a little more formatted and a little more removed from the world to continue having that conversation. I want to see him with Spider-Man so bad. I feel like that would be such a great, like, the banter between them would be so great, like, between Spider-Man and Steven and, like, Mark interjecting. I could totally see that happening. I feel like they have a lot to resolve within mark and steven and jake before they kind of move on to putting him into crossovers i feel like a season two has got to be where we see him next i just don't see any way season two doesn't happen with how big of a success this is and like how many people love moon knight i think oscar isaac i don't see any way that he can't like he, he wouldn't come back i could see him um i could see the character next in the scarlet scarab show but that seems very very far off and i don't know necessarily what the story engine to that show would be i mean i know it i think layla is amazing and i think the scarlet scarab is amazing and i don't know like i don't know how he would fit into that is what i'm trying to say because i don't if you know if it's our own show he wouldn't be the focus so you know that's something that i'm kind of um struggling with a little bit you know i think that it's interesting when you said about maybe the scarlet scarab show being far out because automatically what comes to my head is that they fast-tracked both an Agatha Harkness and an Echo TV show, which were both sub-characters in someone else's story. So I could totally see a, a Scarlet Scarab story being fast-tracked as well if they had an idea already and they got the reception that they wanted. People are loving her. People are The conversations people are having about representation for, in so many ways in the show, I think that there's that we're going to see a Scarlet, a Scarlet Scarab show within the next two to three years, if it's not even announced at D23 this year. I wonder if they're going to announce whether, I feel like they're going to announce season two at San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm, I just looked up actually the, the point you made about Echo, Brian was really interesting. And I just looked up when all that development happened and that's 2020. And I, I guess in Marvel years, that is kind of fast tracked. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening now. Yeah, I think, they went into Hawkeye with the plans to spin Echo out of that. I wonder if they did the same thing for this. I just wonder, like, internally what Marvel's thoughts are. On Like, I, I could totally see it being fast-tracked. I just wonder if they're going to wait till after season two of Moon Knight to do a Scarlet Scarab series and have her kind of... I, I feel like she needs to develop into the Scarlet Scarab a little bit more. I want to see, before she kind of owns the, like you know, the, the title Scarlet Scarab, but I feel like part of season two could be her kind of developing into that character. Maybe like her kind of letting go of being to where it's um, avatar and then kind of realizing that, you know, she could do a lot of good, like as an Egyptian superhero. Like, I, I just feel like there's a lot of room for her to like develop into that character. I will say that I do think that if we did, get a show with Scarlet Scarab as the um, like the main character. I think that it would be better if it almost dived more into the Egyptian lore and the the gods and stuff like that because her the, the goddess that she the goddess that she's an avatar for is still in 
with the with the gods not like Kanchu where he got kicked out so we could get more of those dynamics and then really explore like how they work in about the what is their other world called the the nether void or yeah they're the vo- or over void or other void depending on on which comics i think wouldn't that be such a cool show for her to be like to lead exploring some of that really dealing with that supernatural aspect getting to know a world outside of out of our world in in such a such a grand way i think that would be a really good focus see i'm i have kind of a different view on that you know i think that I think that she's kind of a great vehicle to see the greater, you know, to bring Moon Knight in touch with the greater um, MCU, because there was a reference to Madripoor and her work in Madripoor with the Midnight Man. And I think that's just like so fascinating. I totally want to see her as kind of a reverse Indiana Jones, like repatriating artifacts, you know, around around the world and, you know, kind of using her Scarlet Scarab powers to do that. So I think that would be really fun and kind of see her encounter maybe all the stuff in Madripoor and, and elsewhere. I love that. That's actually scratch what I said. That is amazing. Okay, so do you guys think that Harrow is gone for good? Is he really dead and did Jake really kill him? Yeah, it just depends on if Ethan Hawke wants to do it again. I mean, you know Marvel. There's always a way. Where, you know, like they're, if they really want to bring, if Ethan Hawke wants to come back and if Marvel wants him back, then I think that there's more story with Amit. Um I tend to see that it's a trend with villains that they get kind of incorporated into the story kind of as anti-hero, like, you know, like anti-heroes where they kind of have to, they're, they're forced to work with Mark. And I could kind of see a situation like that where maybe Harrow's not gone. He's, you know, like he has the power of Amit, but maybe there's another God that's like really evil and him and like Harrow and like, and Mark have to work together. I could see a situation like that. Other than that, I just don't know, like, how do you incorporate him back into the story? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, you know, like I said, like, I mean, Ethan Hawke was great. I think, I think he really did put a lot of work into, like, the character he played, which I appreciated, um, that he kind of, he, like, based it off of, like, a cult leader. And I think he did a really good job of that. It's just, like, he played such, like, a, like, this, like, cunning, like, it, it's just, it was really good. And I think it'd be great to have him back. I just don't know. I don't really know how, you know, like, but like I said, Marvel always finds a way. The thing that I think is very interesting though, is that typical Marvel rule is that we never saw him die. We never saw a body. We never, we saw a gun go off. Let's put it that way. We saw Jake's face. We saw the gun point. We see it shoot. We don't see anything else. And so right away, Part of me thinking, oh, he's not dead. He they scared him. They were trying to intimidate him. There is unless we see a body or we have some confirmation of an actual death, they're not gone. And so Harrow is still there and Ahmed is still around. And so I think there's a really, really good chance that we're gonna see them pop up in something else, if not a season two, some other series down the road. And it's going to be the the anti-hero works with the hero. Uh, I guess the villain, because he's not an anti-hero. But Haro, I feel, is is back. 
I agree. I don't think Harrow is dead because, I mean, how do you kill a god? And you, you know, how do you kill a god with a bullet? That doesn't really work, especially one that was as powerful as Amit. And I think that there's still a lot to be explored with Harrow. I think we don't know what his relation, how did his relationship with Kanshu go bad? And I want to find out. I want to know, well, why wasn't he, you know, his own twisted moon knight anymore? What, what happened there? How did he go over to Amit's side and like work with her and, you know, convince her to let him become her avatar? I just think there's so much story potential, so much really interesting stuff there that we, we almost have to see him again. I really almost wish that there was a way for Mark to be Moon Knight without Kanchu, <clears throat> just because, like, or just for there to be a way where Kanchu and Mark can operate separately while Mark still has the powers. Because I feel like Kanchu is always going to be this guy looking over his shoulder, twisting him. And I, I don't know if, I just feel like that might get old eventually. Like, I feel like Mark and Steven made so much progress with Kanchu, but then we find out at the end that that was all a lie and I just wonder if they're going to try and do that again where we kind of get Mark and Steven and Jake you know coming you know like kind of you know coming to a truce with Conchu and it just I just hope we don't get to a repetitive circle of deception and I mean I don't like I said I, I didn't read the Moon Knight comics and that's probably my fault for not doing that before the series so I don't exactly know um I don't know if you guys have, and you guys can provide some more detail, but I certainly hope there's a resolution to the relationship between Conchu and Mark and Steven eventually. I, in most of the series that I've read, Conchu is involved and he is a very, he's definitely an antagonist where he takes the powers away whenever he's upset with Mark and Mark doesn't really have a say in any of it. So I think that the dynamic is going to stay. I do think it's interesting because they almost softened Kanchu a lot for the show compared to some of the series that I read um, until the very end when he was just kind of like, haha, look at I still have control over you and that was the first time you really got to see kind of that that really sinister Kanchu from the comic books. In this show, you know, up until that point that you're talking about, Brian, he doesn't seem bad, right? He's trying to protect the travelers of the night and he's trying to protect the world from you know the horribleness of Amit so he's kind of he's kind of a good guy and it, it isn't until that end scene in Jake Lockley's limo um, with that very interesting license plate that you get to see you know this this kind of twisted side of him and this real sinister streak so I think that going forward we'll see if that continues yeah I'll be Absolutely. honest that, that might get a little bit old for me like <laughs> just me personally I, I like Conchu. I just, uh, I hate, like, I hate the, like, when there's a character, there's characters and they're friends and then they're not friends and then they're friends. And I don't know. I just hope it isn't, it doesn't become redundant, but I, I don't think it will. I think they'll figure something out. As I say, just in the comics too, there is this aspect though that Conchu isn't always around as long as he doesn't disagree with what Mark or Steven or Jake are doing. And the moment that Mark has a moment of like, oh, I don't like what, I don't like this. And Kanchu has a problem with that. He shows up kind of like mob boss style almost of just, you know, he's sitting in a chair in that crisp, uh, you know, three piece suit and being like, okay, you're supposed to do what I want you to do. Don't mess this up. 
And that's only the a lot of the times where he really shows up is during those conflict issues. So it would be cool if maybe it does progress to that. And like, even though he's there, he's not always present, which will probably cut down on CGI as well. But you really have that that idea that he is always watching, but he isn't always angry as long as Mark's doing what he wants. All right, guys, I think that might be all for today. Uh, thank you very much for being here. That's, you know, my name is Isla. And if you guys want to go around and say, you know, your name and what you're working on. and <laughs> No worries. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Drew. Um, right now, I'm, I'm mainly working on, um, I'm actually working on a Funko guide, just a guide to all things Funko. And I talked to Lizzie about that. And Lizzie was interested in that too. So I'm working on that right now. And then I think I'm going to get, I've kind of delayed my Batman villains series articles. Um, but I think I'm going to get to work on that after I'm done with this article, but I'll, uh, I'll pass it to Brian. So Drew, with this guide, are you going to tell me how I can get that uh, Scarlet Scarab Funko pop from San Diego comic-con because oh, of course I am. I need that too. I need to hook up. <laughs> of course I will. Don't worry. Um, of course. Finding... It's been a, been a topic of conversation in the Discord lately. Uh, absolutely it is. I got to have that one. Um, my name is Brian. And as always, it's a pleasure to be on here. I'm currently working on ooh, seven articles in different stages. I have a really uh, in-depth uh, Doctor Strange review coming out. I got some stuff about Wicked. I got some Know Your Villains coming up for... Uh, Miss Marvel for Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if everybody's been following that, but the Cosmic Circle has been really hitting up the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 information. So please look it up if you have to. And I think I have another Wanda um, and Shang-Chi um, article coming up about the parallels between kind of like a companion piece of what I already wrote about the manipulation and grief and how that really pushes us in ways um to do things that maybe we wouldn't normally do. So another, another psychological piece coming your way. That does it for this episode. You can check out all of our Moon Knight and MCU content on thecosmiccircus.com. Stay tuned for our next episode about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And if you liked what you heard today, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. Thank you. <laughs>